This is Bad Ideas About Writing, the podcast that counters major myths about writing instruction. It's the audio version of the open access book, Bad Ideas About Writing, which is edited by Cheryl Ball and Drew Lowy. That book features 63 chapters of opinionated research-based statements intended to spark debate and offer a better way of teaching writing. I'm Kyle Stedman from Rockford University, and I'm here to read those chapters out loud, giving you another way to access those ideas. This is episode 22, and here's today's bad idea about writing. Good writers always follow my rules. It's by Monique Dufour and Jennifer Ahern Dodson. What is good writing? And how does good writing get written? In the first question, writing is a noun, a product made of elements such as words, sentences, and paragraphs. In the second question, writing is a verb, a process by which we create these texts. Wisdom about writing, as a product and as a process, is often expressed as hard and fast rules. Always begin an essay with a catchy hook. Never use the passive voice. Always make your writing flow. Always make a detailed outline before you start to write. Never edit as you draft. People espouse unambiguous rules about writing for many good reasons. Writing is a notoriously challenging, complex, even mysterious skill. Nevertheless, we are expected to learn it and to do it well throughout our lives. And there is often much at stake when we write. We create texts to persuade others about all manner of significant things. The best course of action, our qualifications for a job, the quality of our ideas, and even the content of our characters. Do we seem smart and capable? Are our claims true and fair? Will things turn out as we wish? With these questions at stake... Why wouldn't we want to discover and use foolproof writing techniques? Adhering to clear-cut do's and don'ts could cut through the ambiguity and difficulty of writing and of making judgments about the quality of text. So, let's identify the rules for good writing, state them unequivocally, and learn to write effectively for once and for all. The trouble is an unwavering, rule-driven approach to writing often causes more difficulties than it solves. First, there is an important distinction between rules and techniques. Simply put, techniques are ways of doing things. For instance, one can approach the writing process as a sequence of steps that should follow a strict order. Have and refine an idea, conduct all the research, write a complete draft from the beginning to the end, revise the draft, edit it, and let it go. The writer completes each step in the process before moving on to the next. Writing assignments in school are commonly structured this way. This linear approach to the writing process is a useful technique that works under many circumstances. But it's not the only way to approach the writing process, and it doesn't work especially well for some tasks. Still, for many writers, it has calcified into a hard and fast rule. This good option becomes the only option. But good options may not work under every circumstance. Thus, when writers treat options as rules, writing can actually become more frustrating because the writer insists on abiding by the rule whether it works or not. For example, that linear model of the writing process can be very effective. It might work for a writer for virtually every email, report, and research project she writes year after year. Until it doesn't. 
Perhaps she's writing a long, complex project, such as a dissertation or a book. Suddenly, she will likely need to revise her prose and her ideas, continue her research, and incorporate feedback throughout the process. She might write the introduction last. She may need to write parts without knowing where everything is leading. In short, she may need to abandon the belief that writing must proceed through clearly delineated linear steps. It's not that the linear model of the writing process never works. The problem arises when a writer treats it as a rule. And it's especially frustrating because writers think they are being good and doing the right thing by following the rules, only to find that those rules more often impede their progress than enable it. As writing consultants for faculty instructors, we have witnessed many smart, capable teachers who were undermined rather than helped by their own staunch rules about the writing process. They believed unequivocally that they could only write when they had big blocks of uninterrupted time, or that they should never share unpolished, messy works in progress, or that they could only work on one project at a time. Of course, most faculty writers simply don't routinely enjoy big blocks of uninterrupted time. They likely need to write in smaller windows of time. 30 minutes here, an hour there, between their administrative, mentoring, and teaching responsibilities, not to mention their lives. They could learn to create time machines, or they could change their rules about the writing process and learn techniques that allow them to write in the time they have. Similarly, writers who refuse to share unpolished or partial works in progress for feedback from trusted readers often end up wasting their precious writing time in the effort to advance a project alone. We have seen faculty members end up feeling like bad writers in the midst of personal failure, when in fact, they are simply making the mistake of treating a technique as a rule. Rule-driven writing instruction may intend to make writing easier, but it often undermines the very skills it is designed to foster. For instance, many undergraduate writers have been taught that they must create a detailed outline for a research paper before they begin writing. And they are often told that a first draft of a research paper must be presented in polished, error-free prose, and that the draft must be complete from beginning to end. In fact, we know many teachers who refuse outright to read messy or incomplete works in progress. So, students put extensive effort into planning just how the essay will proceed and what it will say before they write, and they spend time carefully polishing prose in a first draft. Of course, outlining can be a powerful conceptual and organizational tool. However, when writers believe that they must outline first, they often lock themselves into the ideas as expressed on the outline, rather than allowing their ideas to develop and change as they work. Writers who always create detailed outlines and who write very polished preliminary drafts also tend to resist revision because they have already committed a great deal of upfront effort on their initial plans and prose. By treating the linear model of the writing process as a rule, teachers can create writers who don't want to and don't know how to revise as a powerful part of thinking and writing. We propose another way. Think of good writing as the thoughtful use of an evolving repertoire rather than adherence to a static list of commandments. 
In order to become a skillful writer, one discovers and experiments with a range of techniques. A writer draws upon this repertoire to meet the needs of the project, the ideas at hand, and the rhetorical situation. As one's repertoire grows, and as one becomes practiced in drawing upon it, one can grow more confident about overcoming difficulties, taking up challenges, and expressing one's ideas effectively. Ultimately, writers become skillful when they are willing to assess and reassess the quality of any idea about writing in terms of its effectiveness in their own experiences. People will continue to present useful techniques as though they are divine laws. However, we suggest that writers mentally translate rules into suggestions and what-if questions. Take, for example, the common advice to always begin an essay with a catchy hook. Catchy hooks, such as apt, vivid anecdotes, can be used to excellent effect if they meet the needs of the text and the circumstances. A writer can try it out and see what happens. What effect does it have on the text? Does it meet the audience's and context's needs, i.e. the rhetorical situation? Does it contribute to expressing what the writer is trying to say? How do real readers respond? In this way, writers can experiment with techniques, deliberate about their implications, and make judgments about the best course of action among their options. And most importantly, writers focus their goals and purposes rather than on the rote adherence to rules, which is more meaningful and more fun. To be clear, we are not suggesting that there are no rules and that rules don't matter. Without adherence to conventions of grammar and usage, for instance, many readers may misunderstand a writer's point or not take them seriously. However, writers are ultimately undermined by a thoroughgoing rule-bound mentality. First, if writing is simply a matter of following rules and plugging in formulas, it's boring to most people. Second, in writing, problems are normal. When we think of writing as an opportunity to use and develop our repertoires to make and express meaning, writers can define the problems and needs before them and draw on their resources to solve them with creativity and aplomb. Perhaps we don't have as much uninterrupted time to write as we once did. We cannot create more time where there is none, but we can learn to write in the time we have. Perhaps our longer, more complex ideas cannot be crammed into a five-paragraph theme. We can learn new ways of organizing an essay to express an ambiguous claim. We don't need to stop writing when the rules don't work, and we don't need to read and judge one another's writing only in terms of our own strictures. When we acknowledge that many of our rules are, in fact, techniques, and when we understand that writing is the skillful use of evolving repertoires, we can focus on expressing ideas worth sharing and become the kind of readers and writers who are in a position to listen. Further reading. For more about the process of writing, identifying potential pitfalls, and expanding one's repertoire of strategies, see Peter Elbow's Writing with Power, Oxford University Press, Natalie Goldberg's Writing Down the Bones, Shambhala, Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, Anchor, and Paul Silva's How to Write a Lot, American Psychological Association. For more on developing revision strategies as a writer, consider Joe Harris's Rewriting, How to Do Things with Texts, Utah State University Press, Roy Peter Clark's Writing Tools, Little Brown and Company, and Verlin Klinkenberg's Several Short Sentences About Writing, Vintage. 
For more about how writing scholars are thinking about the relationship between beliefs about writing and college writing assignments, take a look at Dan Meltzer's Assignments Across the Curriculum, a national study of college writing, Utah State University Press, and Nancy Summers's Across the Drafts, College Composition and Communication Journal. Keywords. Good, effective writing, prescriptive writing, style, writer's block, writing process. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You just heard the bad idea about writing... Good writers always follow my rules. It's by Monique Dufour and Jennifer Ahern Dodson, who in 2021 sent me these updated bios. Monique Dufour is an assistant collegiate professor in the history department at Virginia Tech, where she is also director of graduate student professional development in the College of Liberal Arts and Human Sciences. She offers retreats, workshops, and consultations for faculty and graduate students about their writing and their teaching, and about how to balance them both. Currently, she is writing a book, Teaching with Time in Mind, Why It's Hard, Why You Should, and How You Can. To contact her, visit moniquetufour.com. And Jennifer Ahern Dodson teaches writing, student activism, and women's leadership at Duke University. She also directs the Faculty Write program and consults with faculty across disciplines on ways to teach and assess writing and make connections between their own writing practices and their teaching. In her research, she studies structures in which writers work and the conditions under which they thrive or struggle, and has been working with student, community, and faculty writers for more than 20 years. She is at J. Ahern Dodson on Twitter. The podcast version of Bad Ideas About Writing is produced and narrated by me, and it's hosted at anchor.fm. You can find it anywhere you like to get your podcast, as you know, because you're listening to this. The theme music, as always, is Parade by Nocturnum. The open access book, Bad Ideas About Writing, was first published in 2017 by the West Virginia University Libraries and the Digital Publishing Institute. It's available at their website for free. Just Google it. That's where you should go if you'd like to read a print version of this chapter. Both the podcast and the book are published under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international licenses, which means that you may freely distribute and remix them as long as you attribute the authors. So thanks to Cheryl Ball, thanks to Drew Lowy, and thanks to all of the authors in this awesome collection. I'm Kyle Stedman. I'm on Twitter at KStedman, and I live in Rockford, Illinois, where we've had a couple of days now of sunlight after so many days of darkness. And you might be wondering, does he mean that like physically or like metaphorically? And the answer is both. Thanks for listening.